on today's episode of Locked on Canucks. Is it time to press the panic button following another slow start for the Vancouver Canucks and some blown leads? It is Locked on Canucks, and it starts right now. On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Locked On Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. Of course, I'm your host, Justin Pooney. You can find me at Twitter and Instagram at underscore process. Sorry, at process sports with an underscore at the end. That is Process Sports with an underscore at the end. You can also follow us on Twitter, our show on Twitter, excuse me, at Locked On Canucks. That is at Locked On Canucks. Please also like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just type in Locked On Canucks on YouTube, and it'll be the first thing that pops up. Also, we are free and available wherever you get your podcast services. So the Canucks have gotten off to a slow slow start this season again of course they lost game one in Edmonton after blowing a three nothing lead losing five nothing to the Oilers which I kind of gave them a pass for because you have McDavid and Dreisaitl on that squad and then I expected the Canucks to come out and take care of business in Philadelphia and that's not what happened the Canucks of course got up to a good start uh with a two nothing lead after the first period but then Travis Konechny scored with just over six minutes left to play in the third period. And all of a sudden, I realized the Canucks were down 3-2 and they did not come back. Tony D'Angelo and Scott Lawton also um, got found the board. Uh, Scott Lawton's goal was a shorthanded goal, the second given up by Vancouver. uh, And the Canucks lost. Uh, And things are not looking good. Of course, JT Miller, the big man on campus or whatever you want to say after you sign that big contract extension everybody expected big things he's been on the ice for all eight goals the Canucks have given up this season Uh, and after the game JT Miller was not very happy he added I'm just disappointed I'm trying to make I'm trying to make this I'm not trying to make it about me but I'm not going to sit here and talk about how bad we played when I can't even lead the example the right way I feel like I'm a little irrelevant and being on the ice for every goal I don't know what to say that's after he said he's been on the ice for all eight effing goals again. So at least he is acknowledging he's been on the ice for every goal. Now, the big question, the big overlying question is, is it time to press the panic button? No. Everybody, Aaron Rodgers once said the words, or the, spelled out the, the words of a letter that was R-E-L-A-X. Relax. It is two games. There is still 80 games left, a potential 160 points for the Canucks to claim. Now, starting off 0-2 is not good. Uh, it's not ideal. They Think about it. The Canucks had a 3-0 lead and a 2-0 lead and they in games, and they did not even register one point. That is not good. The Canucks uh, have struggled like that. You know, and I think the defense core, as I mentioned, does not look good right now. They had their, you know, some nice moments, but there's another injury now. Tucker Pullman did not play the remainder of the game, and he, with all of Tucker Pullman's issues, we don't know is he going to play. So 
Let's focus on a couple things that do not look good. The defense core uh, has another injury, and this is the bet the the mess uh, the Canucks left themselves with, and this is the thing that they have to deal with now because they did not address it in the off season. Now, was I a huge proponent? Do I still believe this team is a playoff team? Yes. The offense is going to have to carry them and special teams. You can't be giving up two power, excuse me, two shorthanded goals and going one for eight on the power play and 0 for five on the power play. Um, and it's just, it's a special teams game. And I expect the Canucks special teams to be a lot better. Uh, that power play right there uh, needs to be clicking. Now, in the first game, you know, they looked good. They were snapping the puck around. You know, it looked impressive at points. You know, Elias Pedersen looked dominant. I'm going to talk with Andre Kuzmenko in a, a bit later on in the show. Um, but there are things that the Canucks need to work on. It's early. Um, it's not time to press the panic button just yet. But I want to focus on the defense. When you have guys like Luke Shen, Kyle Burrows, Riley Stillman, uh, those guys right there playing a lot of minutes. And I love Luke Shen. I think Kyle Burrows has played well. I thought Tucker Pullen played well in, in Edmonton. But you're asking a lot out of Quinn Hughes and Oliver Eklund Larson to carry the load. And quite frankly, Quinn Hughes, as great as he is, he's not going to be a defensive He's not going to be a shutdown guy, right? OEL, for his advanced age and where he's at in his career, you can't expect that from him. And I never thought I would say this, but the Canucks desperately need Tyler Myers, Tucker Pool, no, Tyler Myers, Travis Dermott, and hopefully Tucker Pullman back uh, in this lineup to kind of balance it out and give it more depth. I like Riley Stillman, he, but you saw what McDavid did against uh, against him, walked in. Now, McDavid does that to a lot of people, but you just need a solid defense court. And I'm worried right now about that. I do. I think Thatcher Demko will, you know, show more consistency. Yes. Uh, do I think this offense will pick up? And do I think once Ilya Makayev gets back, you will see um, a better, um, a better showing from the forward? Yeah, because quite frankly, Niels Hoaglander, uh, the first two games, has not looked good at all. He had a good preseason, got to play with Elias Pettersson uh, in the first couple of games, and it does not look good. It does not look good, um, and I'm worried about that. So there are things to be worrisome about. You know, there are the defense, the power play. Uh, those are my two big issues right now because the power play, I expect it to be in the top 10 of the league to carry help carry this team and this offense to carry this team to the playoffs. And defense, it has to be better. Like I said, I'm not too upset about losing to Edmonton because Edmonton can score with the best of them. They can um, put up goals like nobody's business. You saw that, uh, what they did um, even yesterday against the Calgary Flames. You know, they were down big and they made they ended up losing 4 but they're down 4-1 and they made it almost, you know, almost close because they could score with the best of them. So... I think the Oilers, that game I'll give you a pass on. That game I'll give you a pass on because that team is going to win, is a, is a cup contender team. The Flyers in Philadelphia, you weathered the storm in the first period. You scored two goals on four shots. You outshoot them the rest of the way, and you can't close the deal. That right there is bad. That right there is a stinker that you need to flush and move forward because, like I said before, the season started. This team, if this team gets off to like a, a one, and four road trip, that's not good. This team needs to somehow muster at least two wins 
and they're in the rest of the way, whether that's in Washington, in, in Minnesota, or wherever. I don't know where they're going to get that win from, but this team has to pull out a, at least two wins before they come home next Saturday against, excuse me, against uh, the Buffalo Sabres. So when I look at this Canucks roster, right, like that, the Flyers game was a gimme. Now you're going up against a Washington team, a Columbus team, and a Minnesota team that is no easy. It's not a clear cut win. The Flyers was a clear cut win, and I thought if you could steal a point at Edmonton and maybe steal another win, you know that wouldn't be bad. You know you can get five points out of a potential ten. Uh, that would be a successful road trip, in my opinion. Now, if you just get four, that would be something to salivate, sal- salvage. Excuse me. So I don't know what the Canucks are going to do. Um, Going forward, the only thing you can do is go up. This is the worst start possible you could have. Blowing big leads, um, getting off to an 0-2 start. This is the worst start you could possibly have, uh, barring any injury, though. So, thankfully, uh, well, Tucker Pullman, a massive injury to a massive player on the squad. But the Canucks need to get their power play in order. That defense needs to get healthy, and they need to figure something out. Now, does that mean Jack Rathbone comes in? I think that might not be a bad idea. The guy's got talent. The guy has some high upside. Put Jack Rathbone on. See if he can sink or swim. I think... That should be the move for the Canucks. Put Jack Rathbone in. Yes, he's young and unseasoned, but put him in there. See what he can do, and potentially it could work out. If it doesn't work out, you could put a, send him back down to the minors, right? So I want to see that um, for the back end. So it's not, it's not all doom and gloom. There has been some positives from the Canucks this early on in the season, one in particular, and I'm going to touch on that after the break. But first... I want to talk to you guys about the fine folks at betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for your football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sporting wager information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. BetOnline.net or head to use BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, now we are back. Locked on Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver. Canucks, like I said, it is not all... Excuse me about that. Sorry about the YouTube users. I'm clicking everywhere massively on my screen. That is my fault. Um, we are back. And it's not, it hasn't been all doom and gloom for the Vancouver Canucks. The biggest shining star in the first couple games has been Andre Kuzmenko, in my personal opinion. After eight years of playing in the KHL, it looks like he fit in kind of nicely. You know, he scored his first goal, like I predicted, uh, in Edmonton. Um and I think what makes this guy, you know, I saw confidence. I saw a guy out there that was not afraid to just, you know, do what he has to do. You know, you have make a nice move to the puck, drive into the net. Um, and he, he said all the right things. You know, he said he was happy to score, but he wants to win, right? And I think that's another thing, the attitude. When I look at a player, when I look at people, right, Individual accolades are amazing, but when I look at people, especially in a team setting, can they conform themselves and their personal set, their personal goals to a team goal? Now, um, I believe Andre Kuzmenko will be a very, very good player for the Vancouver Canucks. I've seen enough throughout the preseason and the first couple of games that I feel that this guy can be a very 
good player. Now he's going to have his lumps. He's going to have his moments in a season where he has ups and downs like everybody else does. Um, but, you know, Bruce Boudreau said he's picking up the game quite quickly. Um, he's got And he's got that nose for the net. You saw that with his goal. You saw that, you know, on the power play where he was in front of the net trying to tip shots in and stuff like that. Um, and Andre Kuzmenko, I, he, he goes to the net. And him and Elias Pettersson are building some nice chemistry. I, I kind of... We'll see how the Lions shuffle. You know, we had the the Pearson, the the Miller, and the Besser, um, and the Garland, Podkols, and Horvat, and the Pedersen, the Hoaglander, and the Kuzmenko. I think Mikheyev will slide in eventually whenever he gets uh, into the game. But I like that dynamic between Kuzmenko and Pedersen. I think that is something that can really work, and that's something that can be built upon to give this team some much-needed balance, especially in that top-six lineup. And I think... When you look at it, I, you look at that first game in Edmonton, you look at that game last night, they're, they're struggling. JT Miller struggling. Elias Pettersson uh, in, in the game against um, Edmonton showed flashes of dominance, which I think he needs to show on a more consistent basis. And quite frankly, we need to see more of that. When, when he scored that first goal, he took the puck to the net. That is what I was talking about all summer long. I need to see Elias Pettersson take the puck, go to the net, make strong moves, and do what he does best like that. And if he can't do that on a consistent basis, well, then I was completely wrong about everything I said about him. The skills there, the drives there, if he can do that, that is something to work. And now when he has a guy on his flank like Andre Kuzmenko, a guy that can get into the dirty areas, can win puck battles in the corner, can go to the front of the net, that's going to be successful. That's the type of guy I think Elias Pedersen needs to do because if Kuzmenko can draw people to him, towards him, that opens up more space for Pedersen, and I think that will be successful. Plus, even if you add a guy like McKayev on that line with that speed, that's just going to give more space for Elias Pedersen, I think. Um, and I honestly think that that could, line could really work if that if that happens whenever uh, McKayev gets inside. Hopefully, by the end of this road trip, I'm hoping Monday in Washington he's in the lineup because the Canucks desperately need something. Um Bo Horvat struggled in the first game. You know, he had a lot of chances, was fanning on it. Um, he did he played better in Philly. You know, the, the goal with Connor Garland's where he was driving to the net. That's what he does best, driving to the net uh and playing that hard line game. The contract situation is now getting up in the media, and everybody's kind of you know finding reasons to sully, not sully him, but put him down a bit and try to diminish his value in the media. Um look, I said the other day, if Horvat his agent Pat Morris said he's a first line center. Now, do I think Bo Horvat is a first line center uh, on a cup contending team? No, but he can be a damn good number two center on the Canucks right now. He's a number three center. Um, we'll see how this experiment works. Do I eventually think they'll probably put um, Miller and Patterson back together? I do, um, but we'll see how that transpires. But um, Bo Horvat. It's the price for a center, seven million. Now, is that worth the Canucks? No, but I do. I, I hate harping on contract situations because I feel like we've been doing it the last I don't know how long with Brock Besser, JT Miller, now Bo Horvat. Before that was Pedersen and Hughes. Contract situations always try to work, but he is a main cog of this core. He's, you got to sign him. You're not gonna if you take out Bo Horvat from this lineup. The center ice position on this team goes down a lot. A lot. And I know people think, oh, you still better Miller and Patterson. That's fine. But Bo Horvat does a lot of good things. He had a bad game in Edmonton. Played a little bit better in Philly. Um, I felt that Horvat should have at least scored. I think it was a, was that. Um, 
he had a shot, a wide open shot in the slot, I think, against Edmonton, kind of just skied it. And I think once he gets the puck and once the puck goes in the net for him, you'll start seeing more confidence. Um, but let's face it, you're gonna have to keep him. He's your captain, he's a, he's a top, he's not a top flank center, but he's a guy that's one of the top two way centers in the league, in my personal opinion. Um, so you got to keep him. And I want to see how he. I think him and Connor Garland and Paul Coles can build something right there. They can be a good shutdown line and chip in offensively as well. So I want to see how that transpires, how all that goes up. So when I think about a Canucks got fans and everything, just give it some time. Just we'll reconvene in a week's time and we'll see where this team is at. And if they are in a spot where they have like one or two wins and it's time to panic. Right. But if they are, you know, hovering on 500, that's fine. As long as they, if they can get out of October and kind of get healthy by November around 500, then I think that will be a better step. I think they were they were horrible in the first half of last year. If they can get off to a 500 start in the first month and then kind of get healthy and get catch their stride, then things will be okay. Things will be okay. You just got to take it easy and relax and breathe. And I think everything will find its course. Just Got to get through this. It's not easy starting off on a five-game road trip uh, your season like that. So just take it easy. Everything will be okay. And I think the Canucks will be fine. But coming up after this last break, we're going to touch on some happier news, some more positive news. Uh, as a former Canuck gets to sign a one-day contract extension and retire as the Vancouver Canucks. So we will get to that right after this break. But first, I want to thank you for making Locked on Canucks your first listen every day. Now make your second listen game to game, NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked on Game to Game covers the game across the NHL with local analysts that can only Locked on can deliver. Fall game to game, Locked on NHL. Available on the Odyssey app and YouTube, wherever you get your podcast services. All right, guys, we are back. Locked on Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. So it's been a lot of bad on the ice, but there's some good that took place off the ice. The Canucks are pleased to announce that they will sign a one-day contract with Kevin Bieksa as he officially marked his retirement as a Vancouver Canuck. Um, it will be celebrated on November the 3rd when the Canucks play host to the Anaheim Ducks, the only other team that, of course, Bieksa played for. Um, Bieksa did say he's honored and grateful to play, officially end his career as a Vancouver Canuck. Of course, he was drafted in the fifth round back in 2001 and spent parts of 12 years in the Canucks organization. Um, he's a top 10 in all the following categories, games, goals, amongst defensemen, excuse me, assists, points, um, and he was a fan favorite. Look, the guy was amazing. He also appeared in 71 playoff games, highlighted by the Stanley Cup final run in 2011. So um, I was excited. You know, as a guy who grew up in that era that loved those teams, I was extremely happy um, that Kevin BX is getting his just due. I said in the, in the summer, he deserves to retire as a Vancouver Canuck. He should retire as a Vancouver Canuck. So kudos on the Vancouver Canucks for allowing him to do so. Uh, I wish I was going to be there in the building November 3rd to see that. Um, I love that the Canucks are honoring their past. I think Kevin Bieksa was a fan favorite in Vancouver. I think he's a great guy. I think, you know, he's great on TV and he's a guy that will be a Canucks legend. So that is amazing. Now, tomorrow we will preview the Canucks at Capitals, which 
We will see if the Canucks can finally get off the schneid and get a W in the nation's capital of the United States of America. Of course, we'll have a full game preview. We also have my best bets for the game. So if you want to win some money, make sure you got your notepad and pen and paper and take care and listen to all of that. Um, but I also want to thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen of the day. Your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Steel Rodin and Philip Livingstone bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the com- competition with daily updates of news, analysis, and advice every Monday through Friday. Available on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcast services. Guys, take care, stay safe, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.